This morning, we're going to have uh, three different folks share a testimony this morning. I'll do a little bit of a wrap-up at the end, but we, they've been asked to share how they're seeing the Lord work. Um, good morning. My name is Anna Buer, and I'm the very proud mother of Sarah and Bryson, who's married to Rebecca. I've been married to Kent for almost 32 years. He's my best friend, my love, my biggest supporter, and never more so than during these past months. A little background. I was born in Spain, the child of missionaries. My two sisters and I grew up in a loving but transient home. Our parents' work required us to move to various cities throughout Spain and during multiple furloughs back to the U.S. This necklace has the word nomad stamped on it. Change is part of who I am. But that transient life prepared me well. Once I graduated college in the U.S., I started working, changing jobs, and cities for better opportunities. Kent is from Tremont, but we met, got married, and had our kids in San Antonio, Texas. Our little family moved to Tremont in 2001. We found job opportunities here. We moved houses. I changed jobs. The kids graduated high school and college and moved on. Life has been good. Last August, I started feeling uneasy about my job. There was a new CEO and things felt different. On September 3rd, as I drove to work, the Lord revealed to me that I would be losing my job that day. Earlier in that week, I had listened to one of my favorite podcasters, Emily P. Freeman, read Psalm 139. Sorry. <laughs> As I drove to work on September 3rd, I listened to it again, and in her calm voice, I heard the words of the psalmist. If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God's peace covered me in that moment, and I knew he would be with me whatever happened. Well, I did lose my job that day, as did some others. Reorganization, they said. But I was at peace because I knew all would be okay. I had actually had a similar experience 30 years ago and I had found another job within a short time, I felt confident that it would happen again. I can do this. I'm good at handling change. But that's not what has happened this time. Over the past nine months, I have been to the depths and to the far side of the sea. The job search has been difficult, exhausting, and isolating. There has been rejection, and that is confidence crushing. I have cried out to God many times, and I withdrew from my best friend. I just didn't have the words to say to Kent what I was feeling and what I was going through. I was tired and confused. But even as I withdrew, God never did. I don't hear God in an audible voice. I feel him. He speaks to me through nudges, scripture, and songs. In January, 
God told me that I needed to get away for a little bit, away from the computer, the Zoom interviews, the unemployment forms. That same day, Kent said to me, I think you need to get away. Although he was probably thinking, I think you need to go away. <laughs> I was not very fun to be around during those days. But Kent knew what I needed. I made arrangements and I went on a me retreat to Bryson and Becca's house in Greenville, Illinois. I was able to enjoy a few days with them and their pups before they left on a planned vacation. I will always be grateful for their kindness in my darkest time. During those days in their home, I did some journaling and I spent time in God's word. I made a vision board. I went for walks, I listened to music. The quiet and the peacefulness of their home was such a balm to my soul. And because I know she's listening, Rebecca has a lot of plants. Um, over the following months, God continued to speak to me through his word. And these are some of the verses he brought to me. Fix your eyes on Jesus so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. Be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 7a. In all your paths, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 6. I have made you and I will carry you. Isaiah 46, 4. Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. Zephaniah 3.14. Now that last verse may seem a little odd, but the commentary in my Bible about the key concepts of the book of Zephaniah spoke to me. It says, The prophets arose in troubled times to declare the messages God gave them. They at times were perplexed about God, what God was doing. Even in times of crisis and confusion, God expects his people to be faithful and trust him. With God, there is always reason for hope. Earlier I said I felt isolated during this journey, but I have not been alone. God has surrounded me with the most beautiful community. My husband and kids, my sisters, even though they are hundreds of miles away, the sweetest group of girlfriends and prayer warriors, other family and friends near and far, and the ministers and elders of this church. Most importantly, God has been with me the whole time. He has never left me. In fact, when I would pull away into darkness, he would run after me and draw me back. I wish I could say I have reached my destination, but my journey is not yet finished. But God has given me many reasons to be hopeful. God also speaks to me through music. He brought many songs to me during these past few months. There is a song by the Faithful Project called The Detour. I encourage you to find it and to listen to it, especially if you are in a time of crisis or confusion. But today I will leave you with a few words from the song. This time will not be wasted, all the sorrow I have tasted. You sing hope across the valley of my tears. Sometimes love looks like delay, but you walk me through the wait, and I am learning laughter 
even here. You are with me here. You've been good to me. I am safe to hope. I will dare to believe when the way is long and slow. And I am full of doubt, but you are kind and close. I will trust the detour is the road. Thank you. All right, uh, Matt asked me to keep this pretty brief. So uh, this is um, texting him back and forth the other day, and he said, just share how the Lord is um, working in your life. So it's titled, How Am I Seeing the Lord Work? A Minor Dissertation by Clint Gossmeyer. <laughs> and it is Clint. All right, so the other day after I was texting Matt back and forth, I'm stumped. I'm sitting at my kitchen table. Uh, I know that whatever I want to share, I want it to be applicable Unique, not bland, don't want to see the eyes rolling back and, you know, the heads like my students. And for some reason, that one verse in James keeps coming up. You know the one, two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And I'm like, ugh, uh, of course, I'm finding it here. It's been done too often. It's boring. Being joyful? I mean, come on, Lord. How can I be joyful when gas is through the roof, Okay. My family is facing crisis, health crisis. Uh, will there be enough hot wings to eat at the turkey festival this year? Always running out. And all of a sudden, my thought process is interrupted by a blood-curdling scream, a, a uh, pitch and frequency which can only be produced by three-year-olds. And my daughter has crashed her scooter in the driveway. She has ripped a giant chunk of skin off of her big toe and is now very much worried that she will never be able to paint her toenails again. And so I wiped her tears away, cleaned her wounds, and applied a Band-Aid, and I looked her directly in the eyes, and I said, Daddy told you to ride your scooter with your shoes on. <laughs> no, no I, I actually I did not say that. I refrained. Okay, I thought it, but I didn't say it. Okay. And I was able to comfort her and tell her that, you know what, it's no big deal. Dad has ripped plenty of chunks of skin off of his feet in his day, okay? I'll tell you about that when you're older. But it always heals, and you're always going to be able to, to paint your toenails there. And so I was reminded of why I'm able to do this, and the reason is in 2 Corinthians 1.4. It says, who, this is speaking of the Lord, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so I was able to comfort my daughter because... Even though, um, you know, I hadn't necessarily ripped the skin off my toe on the scooter at that moment, I had been in her shoes before, even though she wasn't wearing them. And this made me think of one more quick story which relates to this. This kind of ties it up. Um, if you don't know, I'm a high school counselor, and I frequently do grade checks with my students. So I call them into my office, and we kind of go over the plan. So this is a conversation that I had uh, this past year with a student, me. Do you know why I called you in today? Student, no. Me, well, we probably should look at your grade. Student, ugh. <laughs> okay. Me, I see. Well, to be honest with you, uh, it isn't looking great. You failed four of your six classes, and you're going to have a lot of work to do to catch up. Student, can I do auto tech? Me, Uh, no, that's not going to work out. Autotech is an elective, and we need that extra slot for credit recovery now. Student, does that mean more work? Me, 
Yes, but only for a short time. Credit recovery only takes about half the time of an in-person class. Student, what happens if I just sit there and sleep? Me. You would fail the class and have to take that class again. Student, can I go back to class now? Me, uh, as long as you're okay with your schedule. I'm showing them the schedule. Student leaves without looking at a schedule. So as I sat in my office, I couldn't help but think all that student wanted to do was to sleep through class and avoid uncomfortable situations with me or with any adult figure in his life. And it made me very frustrated because all he had to do was buckle down for a little bit, just put in a little extra work now, and he would reap the rewards much greater than the effort that he put in. And then I felt convicted. Because the student and I are no different. You see, he avoids conflict and only wishes to return to his desk to sleep. How comfortable. I don't avoid my problems too often, but I do want out. A quick solution, I cry out to God, please rescue me, make it better, make it stop. All I want is comfort, just like the student. Matthew 4.19, then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. How can I be a fisher of men if I've never related to men in my life? Maybe my student isn't worried about school because he doesn't even have enough money to fill his tank. And somehow he has to worry about getting his younger sibling to a different school on time. The bus doesn't run within a mile or so of the school, and his family is in crisis, and he also has to work to contribute to pay bills. How can I teach him about peace during storms if I've never taken the time to look for it myself? All I want is out. And how can I teach him to make tough choices if I never have? I don't think I could, and I don't think I'd be an effective witness. So I think what I've been learning from God is that joy isn't in suffering in the trials, but it's from the opportunity that it produces to relate and connect with other individuals. And that's what I've been learning. I'm Kurt Riggenbach, and uh, my wife, Karen, and my daughter, Gretel, are moving to Cheyenne, Wyoming soon. We um, spent a month in Cheyenne this spring, earlier, in order to see if my daughter, who is chronically ill, if she would respond better to the climate there. And um, Gretel did respond positively while we were there and uh, significantly um, declined in her health when we returned back to Illinois. So we decided uh, a month or so ago that uh, we would make the move to Cheyenne. So consequently, our lives are a lot busier now than they typically are. Um, we have been busy um, trying to sell our house here and all that that, that entails, uh, trying to find a home in Cheyenne, um, working out uh, the details of um, employment in Cheyenne, um, uh, working through the details of um, moving and trying to figure out what you take with you and what you get rid of now. Uh, so, like I say, we have been very busy. Um, the um, uh, How has God been working uh, through all of this? Um, 
God has been very, very um, faithful to us. Uh, for one thing, when we were in Cheyenne for a month earlier, um, my boss agreed to allow me to work remotely from Cheyenne so I could uh, continue working, didn't have to spend too much vacation time to get out there. The Lord provided a uh, comfortable, uh, quiet, uh, convenient home uh, right in the heart of Cheyenne um, that was a, a nice, um, easy place for us to, to, to spend time. We, uh, the Lord provided a small congregation that we could worship with uh, for the four um, Sundays that we were out there. And we made friends over those four Sundays, and they have been uh, in touch with us and helping us um, make that transition to Cheyenne. Um, the Lord, uh, as we uh, look for housing um, from 900 miles away, the Lord has provided a, a helpful realtor in Cheyenne that has worked through a lot of details with us. And uh, we have um, a contract signed on a house that um, we could be closing on in July. Um, the, uh, the Lord has also um, provided uh, in lining up um, insurance uh, that would need to change as we move states, um, helped us with um, financing. Uh, one condition, though, that uh, our financing depends on is that I get a letter of um, uh, agreement from my employer that I am approved to work remotely from Wyoming. And I do not have that letter yet. So the, uh, the mortgage lender uh, reminds me constantly that they need this letter. Um, I remind my managers at work that uh, I would like a decision uh, and I don't have that decision yet. So uh, some of you have um, already graciously agreed to pray about this issue for us and I appreciate that and I would welcome anybody else that wants to join in um, praying about that. We feel like uh, the Lord is preparing our way, and if it means uh, different employment in Wyoming, uh, that would be a significant change. It would be uh, something that would require a lot of adjustment on our part and probably delay our moving. Um, but if that's what the Lord has in mind, uh, we're ready for that. And. Um, through all of this, um, I feel like uh, we are, like Anna, we are kind of still in the middle of the Red Sea. Um, we have not come through to the other side, and we have not seen uh, all the problems um, vanquished. We still have a lot of anxiety. We still have a lot of uh, uncertainty about this move, some issues that need to be resolved. Uh, there are frequent nights where, where I will wake up uh, too early in the morning to get up for the day, and uh, my mind will be racing about one thing or another. 
and I won't be able to fall back asleep. And I come back to um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where Paul says, um, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And um, to be honest, there are times, uh, even as I go over that, those verses uh, while I'm laying in bed, and I try to concentrate on the things that I'm thankful for and uh, thankful for how God is working there are times when I can't do that. The anxiety is too great. Nonetheless, I know God's faithful. And the, um, the path that we have ahead of us has some uncertainty yet, uh, but I know God will be there with us just like um, Israel in the middle of the Red Sea didn't know how it was going to turn out but they knew God was faithful and they found out on the other side of the Red Sea that God was faithful and I know that someday um, we will look back and see all the ways that God was faithful maybe not in the ways I would prefer them to happen but God will be faithful. So appreciate your prayers as we move forward and eventually um, come to where the Lord leads us. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt and Clint and Anna. Um, we've heard a lot of great, great testimonies today about the Lord working and uh, and not necessarily knowing what direction He's going and. Uh, I just wanted to share very quickly, uh, I'm going to summarize the story. It brings to mind Joseph, the story of Joseph, right? Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, it's in Genesis, starting in 37, somewhere in there. Uh, but I encourage you to read it. But basically, Joseph is betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery, okay? Good family, great home, bang, all of a sudden he's, he's not at home anymore. Uh, after he's been in slavery for a while, he gains the favor of his boss, and then he is uh, falsely accused of rape and thrown in prison uh, for at least two years, possibly more. Um, while he's in prison, God gives Joseph the ability to interpret dreams. He interprets a dream for one of the fellow prisoners or a couple of them. And the guy promises he's going to put in a good word for him and leaves and forgets him. Uh, long story short, uh, he does get out of prison and he interprets a dream for Pharaoh himself and Pharaoh puts him in charge of all of Egypt. He's second in command under Pharaoh. Um, Joseph's brothers come to Egypt because of a famine. They have no idea that Joseph is even still alive or where he's at. And they've got to approach Joseph, and they don't even know it's their, their own brother. Uh, but what I want to get to, I guess, is that Joseph had, at 17, Joseph had his whole life in front of him. Hopes, dreams, um, whatever a 17-year-old is thinking of for the future. Then he's sold into slavery works his way up to the head of a household with some freedoms, falsely accused of rape, thrown in prison, uh, 
and released to serve Pharaoh directly. But in all that, was Joseph ever released from slavery? He was not. Um, He lived 110 years, the Bible says. 93 years of that were in slavery. God blessed him greatly during that time, and he went through great trials. He was a man of great influence, great power, um, but he still had to ask permission from Pharaoh to leave, to go bury his father. Joseph said, in the end, to his brothers, he spoke these words, in the end, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, God had a plan that was bigger than Joseph himself. And I think that's the part we need to remember. We are not the plan. We're part of the plan. God knew Anna was going to lose her job, and he knew how long she was going to lose it, and he knows what job she's going to get next. Uh, God knew that Clint was going to be sitting in a room with students, that was troubled students that needed good counsel, and he's equipped Clint to do that. He knew Kurt was going to go through a move for the health of his family. He knew what that health was going to look like, and he knows what's ahead for Kurt and Karen and, and Gretel. Um, they stood up here and testified of the faithfulness of God, even though they can't see it right now. They know that God has a bigger plan. And he knows what you're going through now, and he knows what you're going to go through. But that, start, that plan starts with giving your life to him. He has a plan for your life, but that plan starts with Jesus. Anna said, with God, there is always room for hope. And to know there's a loving God directing my steps in my life for a plan that he knows uh, is very comforting, even in tough times. There's going to be hurts, there's going to be loss, uh, but it's all worth it to be a part of his eternal plan. Let's close in a prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for Jesus and that sacrifice, Lord. We thank you that uh, for the testimonies we heard this morning. Lord, from Clint, Lord, I just pray that you continue to equip him uh, for counseling his students. Lord, you have prepared him to, to feed into, into those students, and I just pray that he could do that uh, and just introduce them to you, Lord, and show them a brighter path. Lord, I pray for Anna in her job search. I thank you for your faithfulness through this, Lord, and, and um, I just pray that you would uh, bless her with employment, Lord, but in your time, in the right job too, Lord. And I pray for Kurt and his family. Um, mostly I pray for healing for Gretel, Lord, that you would um, give her better health, whether that be here or in Cheyenne or wherever, Lord, but that you would uh, just relieve her suffering, Lord. And I just pray for that um, letter of unemployment for Kurt and the anxiety that comes along with um, trying to shepherd your family through great crisis. Lord, and I also pray for rest for him. And I pray for anybody else here that's going through great trial right now. I pray that you would just um, give them a glimpse of your big plan that you have for them, Lord, to give them hope for the future because our hope lies in you. Lord, I just pray you'd uh, uh, just bless us as we leave this sanctuary, and I pray for you'd bless that meal and the folks who prepared it today, and um, yeah, just keep us safe. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.